Welcome, thanks for joining us. Whether you're by yourself or at a watch party or with a group, we're glad you're here. My name is Pastor Mike Kelber. I'm one of our pastors here on staff and I'm excited to be with you this morning. So it was my junior year of, of college. It's about 2 a.m. and I find myself with a climbing harness on, on top of my dorm building on the roof. I have my buddy who's tying a rope around a makeshift brick chimney. Uh, we're not sure exactly what it was for, for the building, but he's tying a rope around. I am halfway off the edge of the building with a black garbage bag, trying to put it over a uh, parking lot lamp or light. So that way, whatever we're about to do can be concealed in darkness. So I'm draping this black garbage bag over it and I tie it off as I'm hanging over the building, I get back up, and this is the first time that I'm about to repel. I've never done it before, and I'm afraid of heights, and I'm terrified. I'm at the edge of this building, looking down, are we really doing this? Yes, we are. And he's telling me the safety measures. He's, he's kind of into rock climbing, and he had access to the gear. So I'm not 100% always confident in this guy, um, but I'm gonna trust him because I really wanted to repel. Even though I'm scared and I've never done it before, we're gonna do this, I think. So he's teaching me how to do it. I'm like, okay. And as we're doing, as we're talking about it, I realize, wait, I want him up here at the beginning to help me start this, to make sure that I'm doing this right. This is not something you wanna screw up, right? But if I have to go first, then I never get to see him do it. So this is something new that I've never seen before from this perspective, and I'm gonna do it. So I lay down on my belly after he told me everything I need to do, and I inch my way to where I'm dangling now over the edge. My legs are dang dangling off the edge of the building. My stomach and everything else is on the roof, and I go over the safety protocol again. I grab my hands where I'm supposed to be. I take a deep breath. And I lean back and I let two feet of rope through my hands and I stop. And I'm at the edge now, I'm hanging off of the building and I look up and my buddy is giving me two thumbs up, you're doing it. And then I look down <laughs> and it's about 40 feet to the ground. And as I tell the story, my palms are getting really sweaty because I'm that afraid of heights. And I take another deep breath and I bounce down the wall, I walk down the wall and I repelled. And it was awesome and we didn't get caught. And I, I, even though I was terrified, I really wanted to do it. Even though it was completely out of my comfort zone, I said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to repel. I'm not gonna allow my fear to hold me back. And I wish that I could say that right now, I'm no longer afraid of heights. And that that moment of overcoming my fear in that moment has, has taken away that fear. Well, that's not the truth. I'm still afraid of heights, but I will say that I have the climbing gear, I have climbing ropes, and I've taken dozens of people repelling. And every time I do it, my palms get sweaty and I get scared, but I've decided to make a conscious decision to not allow fear to limit me or hold me back from doing some of the things that I want to do. We all have fear. Maybe your fear is a fear of heights just like mine. Some of us are afraid to speak in public or some of us are 
um, afraid of losing someone really close to us or we're afraid of failure or we're afraid of trying new things or going new places or, you know, the general fear is the fear of the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. And our fears oftentimes uh, limit us. And so we engineer our lives in a way that we're comfortable all the time and we stay away from our fears. So I can go years, I could go decades without ever having to really ever face my fear of heights. I can always stay on the ground. I can never get on my roof. I don't have to clean my gutters. I can go out of my way to never put myself in that situation. You know, if you're afraid of public speaking, you're never going to put yourself in a situation probably where you get a job where you have to public speak. And so we engineer our lives sometimes around what we're afraid of so we never have to acknowledge or embrace those things. And it allows us to stay in our comfort zone. And that's totally normal and natural for us to do. But there's a tension as a Christian because what God has for us is oftentimes outside of our comfort zone. What God calls us into and where God, where God leads us is often outside of our comfort zone where all of our fear is and, and the unknown is. And so as a Christian, when we're following the Lord, he will ask us to do things that are just out of our comfort zone that we're not comfortable with. We'll, if you're reading the Bible, you'll read things that, that you just read over and go, that's cute, but it's really outside of our comfort zone at times, like loving your neighbor as yourself or living humbly or serving others uh, before yourself or having no other gods before me, uh, forgiving other people as Christ forgave you or being my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Some of these things that, that are cute to read or maybe that we've heard of over and over again, but if we really get down to it, it's outside of our comfort zone. We don't always want to forgive those that have hurt us. That is beyond our comfort zone at times. Um, what God calls us into is most often going to be stretching for us and beyond what we're comfortable with. But yet that's the life that God calls us into. Jesus calls us in, as Christians to live a life that is set apart, that is different from the world. In Matthew, in Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that we are supposed to be salt of the earth, that we are supposed to be a light in the darkness. We're supposed to stand out. And uh, Paul writes in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14, he says, for this world is not our home. He's saying we don't belong here. We belong in heaven. That's our ultimate goal. That's our ultimate place. So we shouldn't live like this is our home. Paul, Peter says the same thing in 1 Peter. He, he says in 117 to live out our time as foreigners. In 1 Peter 2.11, he says, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, there's this idea, or there's this concept that we don't belong here, that we are to be different. We are going to stand out. If we are seeking after the Lord, we are going to stand out. And Jesus addresses this attention, even this tension of being different. In, in John chapter 15, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, 
You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words that I have spoken to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Jesus acknowledges that there's this tension, that it's going to be hard to follow after him. It's, there's going to be fears. There's going to be outside of our comfort zone. We're not going to fit in. And that is against kind of what we naturally want. And so as we wrestle with that tension, how do we respond to that? And we're going to look at Moses because I think Moses is a great example of someone who wrestles with this tension of God calling him beyond himself out of his comfort zone and uh, wrestling with that in the conversation that he has. And, you know, if you've heard of Moses and you know who he is, God used Moses to do amazing things. You know, God, God chose Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and out of slavery. And he gave him the Ten Commandments and he did many miracles in the desert. And he led the Israelites to the edge of the promised land. But all of that was outside of God, outside of Moses' comfort zone. And it was all after God, God and Moses wrestled with this idea of God calling him out of his comfort zone and Moses kind of questioning that and going, these are my fears and I'm not sure I can do this. And God responding to him and God pushing him and saying, you can do this. So we're going to look at Exodus chapters three and four today. Before we do that, I want to give a little bit of uh, background for, for you about Moses. So Moses was, was a Hebrew. He was a, an Israelite. And at that time, they were in slavery in Egypt. And they, the Israelites were growing in number and Pharaoh was starting to feel threatened. And so he sent out a decree to kill every, Egypt, or every Hebrew boy, every Israelite boy that was born was supposed to be murdered. Well, Moses' mom hides the birth of Moses. She has baby Moses, and she keeps him as long as she can and as quiet as she can. But when Moses starts getting louder, crying, or whatever it might be, where it's too loud for her to keep him hidden, she makes this basket, and she hides him in the water, and she prays, Lord, just take care of my baby. And Pharaoh's daughter is by the water, and she sees she, she hears baby Moses and she goes and gets him and she's like, I want to raise this Hebrew boy as my own. So Moses grows up in Pharaoh's palace. And as he grows up, he, he knows that he's not an Egyptian. He knows he's a Hebrew. And one day uh, he's walking around and he sees an Egyptian slave master beating a Hebrew man, an, an Israelite man. And Moses says, I need to take action. So he jumps to action. He ends up killing the Egyptian man. He kills this guy and he doesn't know what to do. So he throws the body in the desert, in the sand. And he hides it and he thinks he's gotten away with it. So later on, he's walking around and he sees two Israelites fighting. And he breaks it up. He's, you know, guys, stop fighting. Stop fighting. Get along. And one of the Israelite guys turns to him and he says, are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? And suddenly a light bulb went off in Moses. Uh-oh. How did they know what I did? And he starts to realize that he didn't get away with it. People know that he murdered that Egyptian. And he also knew, Moses knew, that if Pharaoh knew 
what he had done, that Pharaoh would have an order out to kill Moses. So Moses, recognizing that he did not get away with it, he ends up fleeing, and he goes to Midian. He goes to this distant land of Midian, and he becomes a shepherd, and he gets married, and he has a family, and his life is on this trajectory. And one day he is out in the fields with his sheep, and he sees this bush burning, and he goes over to inquire of it and see what it's about, and it's the Lord. It's this bush that's not burning, and Moses meets God in this desert with this burning bush. And God calls Moses into something great, into something that is out of his comfort zone. And so we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse 7. It says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cries because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to be to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. He says, Moses, you're my guy. This is unprecedented. This is completely out of a shepherd's wheelhouse. It is out of his comfort zone. Is beyond his plans. And so Moses and God start to have a dialogue. And Moses five times questions God on this request. God, you're calling me here, but... And he starts to question the Lord in what he's calling him into. And I think we do that. As the Lord leads in our heart, as he stirs us to be different inside and outside, when he, when he calls us to forgive others or to be uh, a witness, to pray for somebody, when, when he leads us throughout our day, when we're reading the Bible, when, when we're at church or when we're with friends or when we're at the store, when he leads us, when, he call, when we feel him calling us into something, it's often out of our comfort zone and then we have a decision to make. And we have a conversation with God and we do things. And I think sometimes we follow some of the tendencies that Moses had. So the first question that Moses has to God is verse 11. He says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And then God responds. He said, but I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Moses' first response is, who, who am I? Like, out of all the people, why me? Like, I am not your guy. I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. And he undervalues himself. Don't we do that sometimes? I know I do. I undervalue myself. I go, like, what difference can I make? There's 7 billion people on the planet. 
And sometimes I undervalue myself and I make myself so small that I forget that what God's calling me into can have an impact not only on myself, but on other people. Andy Stanley has a quote. He says, do for one what you wish you could do for everybody. You probably won't be the difference for everybody, but you can be the difference for somebody. And when God leads us, we have to be able to recognize that as he's leading, we have something to offer and it will make an impact. It might change our heart or it might change somebody else's heart, but we can't undervalue ourselves. We all have people that felt they had something to offer to us, whether it was a teacher or a coach or a parent, a friend, a Sunday school teacher, youth pastor or a neighbor, whoever it might be. We all have people that have spoken into our lives that took a moment, whether it was a conversation or whether they walked with us on a journey that had an impact in our lives, that they did not undervalue what they had to offer us. Let's not undervalue ourselves and what we have to give. And I love God's response to Moses here. When Moses says, who am I? Who am I, Lord? His response was to undervalue himself. And God's response is, I'm with you. I'm with you. You're right, Moses. You're not enough. And we are not enough. But if the Lord is with us, we are more than enough. This is the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples when he left, uh, when he ascended into heaven. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Go do this huge task. But then he says, and sh- but surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. He says, I am with you. We don't do this alone. Even though whatever God might be calling us is outside of our comfort zone and in into the unknown and in fear, God is never, it's never outside of God's comfort zone. It's never outside of what God can handle. So that was the first question that Moses had. Um, We're going to look at the next two, um, the questions that Moses brings to the Lord. So we're at chapter three, verse 13. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your father has sent me. And they ask me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people, I am has sent you. And then skip down to chapter four, verse one. It says, then Moses answered, but behold, you will not. This is what Moses is saying. They will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied with, he said, a staff. Then God said, throw it on the ground. And so he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by its tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand. Then the the Lord said this, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And then God said to Moses, put your right hand in your cloak 
or put your hand in your cloak and pull it out. So Moses puts his hand in his cloak, pulls it out, and it had leprosy on it. And then God said, put it back in your cloak and pull it out, and it didn't have leprosy. And God said, these are some signs that to take with you so that way they know that I am sending you. And what Mo- Moses had two questions for God here. He says, if I go, they're not going to believe that, that you're the one that sent me. And they're not going to believe that, that I really do come from your authority. And what, what he's doing is Moses is projecting the outcome. He already assumes, he's like, I'm going to go there and this is what's going to happen. They're going to question me. And he's, he, we, he's projecting it in his mind. He's having the conversation before it ever happens on how it's going to go. Have you ever talked yourself out of doing something scary or something hard? I mean, I know I do it all the time. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm going to have a conversation. And so I, have, I play it out in my mind. And it's always worst case scenarios. You know, it, it always ends poorly and, and that holds me back. And so I never even get to it. Say you, you've been praying for a family member for a long time and you want them to come to know the Lord. But every time you're with them, you think about it, you feel led to, that you need to reach out to them. But you start playing the conversation in your mind. You go, all right, if I, if I say, you know, invite them to church, they're going to they're going to come back with, you know, well, I'm too busy. Or, well, you're a hypocrite because you go to church, but you don't act any differently than I do. So why should I go to church? Or, or you think maybe they're going to have the, these deep spiritual questions that I don't have the answers for. And so I need to be prepared and I'm not ready yet. I'm not, I don't have all the answers. And so I shouldn't do it. Or, or, you know, I, I, I invite them to church and, and they turn around and they go, well, you're weird. You don't get it and you feel like you're going to be embarrassed and you have the whole conversation and you play out the whole scenario in your head and you decide it's just not worth it. I'm not going to do it because we project what the outcome is going to be. Or you're, you're at the grocery line and you feel the Lord kind of lead you to pay for the person's groceries in front of you. That's what, that's what you feel the Lord asking. And you're like, well, if I do that, they're going to think I'm weird. Or they're going to be embarrassed because this is what I think of them. And we, we can talk ourselves out of it, out of ever doing anything where we feel the Lord leading because of so many situations. We just assume we know the outcome. And that's what Moses was doing here. They're not going to believe me, Lord. They're not going to believe that I've sent you. And the Lord's response, God's response is, you represent me. You represent me. I'm going to give you the tools. What's that in your hand? That's a staff. Throw it down. It becomes a snake. Put your hand in your cloak. Oh, it's got leprosy. Oh, it doesn't. I'm going to equip you. You're going to represent me. Don't worry about yourself. You're representing me. This is what I'm calling you into. The calling, the God's leading us from him. We're representing him. And so we should be confident because it's the Lord leading us into it, not ourselves. Let's not talk ourselves out of it. Let's just acknowledge that this is where the Lord's leading and we represent him in that, whatever he's tugging at us. Sometimes it's an internal thing where God's saying, 
you know, I want you to forgive that person. And we're going, no, I, I, I don't think I can or, or I don't want to. And it won't work. I won't ever heal. And God's saying, I'm calling you into that. And if I'm calling you into that, I can make it happen. And so Moses has challenged God three times so far. He's undervalued himself. He's already projected the outcome. And God has said, I'm with you. You represent me. And there's two more things that Moses uh, questions God on. Picking up at chapter 4, verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should speak. But he said, this is Moses' response again, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindred against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you both what to do. Here we see that um, Moses is, is a little bit more bold here. He's asking not to go. He's asking to send somebody else. He's, he's making a case why he is not the person. He starts, I'm not eloquent. I'm just not good. You want me to go and speak to Pharaoh. You want me to lead these people, but I'm not good at speaking. Um, why don't you find somebody else? I'm sure there's other people out there that are much more qualified. And God burned with anger because the reality is, is that God is always going to call us beyond ourselves. He's always going to call us to something new, something challenging, something we've never done before. And we can either embrace it or we can go, that's just not who I am. God, you've made a mistake. But God doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, he's going to call us into the new territory, the unknown. You know, he, he might call you into, you've never made a commitment to give financially to the church or you've never prayed out loud before or you've never stopped and laid your hand on somebody and prayed for somebody in, in public. He might call you into these things that you've never done before. Or may, maybe you say, I, I'm a Christian and, and I'm surrounded by Christians. I don't know any non-Christians. And he's calling you into something new. But we will give the excuses and we will discredit ourselves on why we can't do it. I've never done it before or something like that. Or... We will avoid it and we will ask God to send somebody else. And we might not say that because let's be honest, like who wants to say God, to God, you know, just send somebody else. But what, what we might do is just be lazy enough to not get around to doing what God has called you to do, hoping that somebody else will step in. That way, if we wait long enough and somebody sees the need and steps into that need, then we can go, you know, I was, I was going to do it. I was willing but shoot, you know, somebody beat me to it. And th that's kind of what Moses was hoping for. He's saying, like, discrediting himself. I'm not your guy. You know what? Somebody else can do it. And I love God's response. His response is, I 
will, I've given you what you need. I've given you what you need. He does not let Moses off the hook. He says, no, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. You're going. And it was in his weakness that Moses is acknowledging. But we also know that Paul says, you know, in my weakness, I am made strong. And I will boast all the more about my weaknesses because in my weakness, God shows up in incredible ways. And when God is calling us out of our comfort zone and it's scary and it's the unknown and we're filled with all these reasons why we shouldn't do it and all these fears, it's when God shows up in, in ways that he can't otherwise show up in our comfort zone. Because God will never call us into something that, we can't, that he won't allow us to accomplish. He will always make sure that we have enough time to stop and meet that stranger if he's leading us into that. He will always make sure that we have enough resources to, to, to make it as he calls us to be generous. He will always give us the words to say when we reach out and follow his leading to start the spiritual conversation. He will always make sure that he can heal the, he can always heal the wound that we carry if we will reach out and ask for forgiveness and extend forgiveness. Being a follower of Christ is hard and it's out of our comfort zone and it is stretching and that's okay because it's in those moments of being stretched and out of our comfort zone where we grow the most, where we meet the Lord in ways that we can't meet him in our comfort zone. So what would it look like if as the Lord leads, as the Lord stirs our heart, as he challenges us in different ways, what would it look like for us to stop giving excuses, to stop waiting for somebody else to step into those things? What would it look like if we were to just embrace the uncomfortableness and make a conscious decision to not allow those fears and those excuses to hold us back from stepping in to what God has and, for, and where he's leading. So where are you today? Where is the Lord leading you today? And are you willing to step into that regardless of the fear of the unknown, regardless of anything else that's holding you back and the excuses? Let's step into that. Let's step into where God is calling us. Pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be loved by you. Lord, you love us so much that you're not content with where we are right now. Lord, you have something more for each of us. And God, as you want to reveal yourself to us in new ways and new depths, you're going to call us into things that are outside of our comfort zone. And Lord, as you do that, Lord, Help us to keep our eyes on you, that you are with us and that we can handle it through you and not get bogged down in the fears and the excuses that we can so easily surround ourselves with that limit us from what you have for us. Lord, give us an opportunity this week to step out of our comfort zone and allow you to do something incredible in us this week. In your name we pray.
Amen.